start off with the nugget. Are you ready? God's gifts, God's gifts put men's best. God's gifts put men's best. One more time. God's gifts put men's best dreams to shame. God's gifts put men's best dreams to shame. Amen. Well, we are approaching the 25th the day we celebrate the Lord's birth. Amen. Amen. And uh, it's something that's to be known, but let me start uh, a little bit on the negative side, then work to the positive, okay? So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. We'll gain insight and inspiration, Father God. We thank you, Lord, your Holy Spirit, who resides within each and every one of us, Father God. We'll draw, Father God, greater revelation to each and every one of us. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. The world as we know it is in turmoil. Um, there are unknown dangers. Wickedness and evil seem to prevail uh, today's society each and every day. Uh, men are running in fear and in confusion, okay? Um, but have you noticed that uh, God has perfect timing? Amen. Uh, sometimes we have to look back to discover what God has worked out for us to find out, hey, we're not in a bad spot at all. Amen. Um, and that his hand moves at the right time for deliverance, okay? So if you'll turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 2. This is the birth of Jesus. And we'll begin with verse, verse, verse 1. That's Luke 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And it was that while they were there, the days of her accomplishment, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And the angels that were in the, pardon me, the angels, part. And there was in that same country shepherds abiding in the field Keeping, their, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which, ye shall, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is the Christ the Lord. Wow, glory to God. Good news in darkness. 
We have good news this, this day, this morning, and the darkness of this world. Amen. Um, God fulfilled his promise. And it's always good news when he fulfills his promise. And this is the greatest news ever. So with that thought, let's now turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And we want to look at the last verse of Romans chapter 6. From the King James, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. There's that darkness. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A reading from the Amplified. For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through, in union with, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. This is the promise of Christmas. Amen. Amen. Eternal life. You know, uh, when the explorers were, came to this country, I think it was Ponce, uh, I can't get the guy's name out, Ponce de Leon, he came to, to, the, to the, the, this country searching for the fountain of youth. You remember that in your early American history or pre-American history? He was looking for the fountain of youth. He had it already if he would have looked into the scriptures. People have always wanted to live forever. I recall uh, a few people uh, that have already passed on that were, you know, stars, and they wanted to live forever, and they took everything, every type of uh, vitamin pills and all that type of stuff to extend their life. Well, you know, vitamins are good. I'm not saying you don't stop taking your vitamins, but they do help. But it's not, it's not going to extend your life. Yeah. We don't have to look for the fountain of youth. We, we've been given the gift of eternal life. Glory to God. Um, once we have received God's Christmas gift, the Lord Jesus, we have eternal life. Amen. Okay, eternal life, God gives us as a uh, Christmas gift, totally free, and it's priceless. A new world without sorrow, without weeping, without death. This is the, the new life that we have. Now, if, if it wasn't a gift, think about it. If it wasn't a gift, how would we afford to buy it? I mean, you could take the world's riches and you couldn't buy it. The gift of life, eternal life. But it's a free gift. Glory to God. 
despite the incredible cost of this gift, God didn't charge it. So here's my MasterCard. The gift was paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. Once and for all. Amen. You know, it's something that we need to you know, correlate the two. The good news is that Christians, we are reminded, well, I hate to say this, annually, every Christmas, oh, glory to God, you know, the gift, the gift of life, eternal life has been given to us. But we should be celebrating it every day. Amen. Every day, we got the gift. And the promises, you know, um, you know, under the quote, under the Christmas tree, there are there usually are a number of packages there all wrapped up, and and you're looking, you know, as a kid, you're looking for your name on them, and you kind of find it, and you put it over another place, and you get all your gifts wrapped with all the names on it. Any of ever, anybody ever know? Checked out the gifts before, you know, the day that you opened them. And you knew you just, well, and how many gifts did you open that day? You opened, I hope you opened all, all of them. And that's the problem with Christians. We open the one gift. Jesus. But in Jesus, you have all these other promises that go along with it. And, you know, we're, we are just kind of moping along all well, you know. But we had everything. Everything has been given to us in that one gift. What a wonderful gift. Now, the most important gift will not be found under... The Christmas tree this morning, or, you know, Christmas morning. Rather, it was purchased on a tree some 2,000 years ago, the perfect gift. Think about it. At the first Christmas, God imparts to us the, the, his blessing from heaven. God's given us a gift straight from heaven. It's priceless. Again, this, this Christmas gift is not just for one day, but it's for every day. People find Jesus not on just Christmas, but on a regular day, daily basis. People get the eternal gift of life through Jesus on any day. It's not just meant for one day. So, you know, when you meet somebody out there and you share the good news, it might be a, a Tuesday morning in June. But they just received a Christmas gift of eternal life. So you can say Christmas is every day. You can give a Christmas gift every day. How about that? Don't be stingy. Let's go out there and give, give the gift away. Amen. Amen. You can say Merry Christmas. Hello. Amen. Okay.
Now, Christmas is a season of giving, correct? Some of you are going, uh-huh. It's a time to be generous. A time when we often spend more than we can afford. Everybody got those little cards, you know, says at the end of the month, you now owe. None of you ever gone that far, huh? You paid cash for everything. Well, okay. But it seems that Christmas, the custom of giving gifts to Jesus, has now been given, given to others. Gifts to people. Isn't that kind of awkward? We're supposed to give gifts to Jesus. Three wise men brought gifts to Jesus. And now we give gifts to others. Whoa. Think about it. When you get a gift, when, you, when you're looking for a gift for somebody, you agonize over it. Is this what they really want? Is this, could they really use it? Is this the color? Is this the right fabric? Is this, you know. Now, how much do I spend on this gift? Are they worth it? Oh, boy. What type of sacrifice do I have to give to get this gift to give to somebody else? Should I break the bank and go for it all? Or, you know, I've got others, you know, I can't just break the break on one. You know. So, oftentimes we, you know, uh, looking for Christmas gifts, oftentimes we kind of hint around, what would you kind of like for Christmas? You know, you, you find out from kids what they want. We used to tell the boys, okay, here's the catalog book. And they circle the ones you like. The whole book will be covered. So, so at least we try to find out what they, what they like. Correct? And then it's our desire to, uh, to acquire it for them. Right? Yeah. Hope you don't put coal in their stockings. Unless it's a cold, cold morning. Then they, they might need the coal. Start, keep the fire going. Now, I want you to think a moment. If we were going with the wise men way back then, but with, with, with the current modern things that we could give Jesus, what would you sacrifice? What gift would you give to Jesus? What would you spend? Think a moment. What would you bring to Jesus? You got it? Okay. Okay. Better yet, let's ask him what he would like you to give him. I mean, that's what we ask the kids, you know. Or we kind of hint to 
to wife or the, the husband, you know, this looks pretty good, you know. You know, it, uh, it's found in such and such a store, uh, uh, and it's marked down even. You're getting a bargain if you get this. Uh, right? I mean, you know. Okay. So, what do you think Jesus would ask of you to bring to him on his birthday? Some of you are thinking, some of you are nodding your heads. So, I'm going to open it up to you. What would you give? Somebody say, what would you give to Jesus? Pardon me? Praise. Praise. What else? Obedience. Obedience. What else? Ourselves, what else? Only three things? Souls. Souls. Okay. <laughs> they go back. <laughs> Love. One more. Somebody else. Give me something. Faith. Good. All oh, those are good. So, with all those gifts, those are all good, good gifts. What are you prepared to do so? Are you prepared to do that? All of you, you know, I know some of you didn't say it, but you had some gifts. Are you prepared to give Jesus that this morning? Okay, let's find out what Jesus would like. Would you like to know what Jesus would like? Okay, let's, let's go back to the Old Testament. And you want, you want to find the book that's in front of Nahum. Right after Jonah. Okay. It's Micah, the book of Micah. We want to go to the chapter 6 of Micah. Chapter 6 of Micah. Now this is, this is, if you read, if you read, well, you should have read Micah. I'll put it that way. He's one of the minor prophets, but at the time they were in exile. They were being, you know, shoved around and, Torment and all that type of stuff. And so we're going to find out chapter 6 of Micah. Let's go to verse 6. That's Micah 6 and verse 6. Wherewith shall I come before the, before the Lord and, and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves? Of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand, thousands of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the, fr the fruit of my body for, for the sin of my soul? He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord doth require. Here's what we're going to find out. The Lord's going to require this. This is the, the gifts that he wants of us here. 
but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord. I'm going to read that from the Amplified, verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to, dis- to do justly and to love kindness and mercy and to humble yourselves and walk humbly with your God? Three gifts. Wow, three gifts. These are requirements for every day, every day in life. We might as well get used to them because he's not going to change. We shouldn't argue about it or, 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 you know, not, oh, wow, Lord, you know. We can't do it. These are requirements. This is what he, he's asking us. Do justice. Love kindness. Walk humbly with God. These are... These are very simple. They're not hidden meetings here. These are just wide open to us. Truth is profound. This is what God wants us of. Wants of us. Glory to God. Okay. Number one, act justly. We must do what is right for others, not just ourselves. We must do right what is right for others and not just ourselves. We need to be honest. This world is full of injustice right now. Um, Everything seems to be unfair. Everything seems to be upside down, inside out. It's hard to tell, uh, hard to determine when justice is real. Um, there are certain things that, that you know is right, but they, they tell us it's wrong because we're not politically right. So I'm going to give you an example here real quick. Um, it's an old saying, you can steal $10 and go to jail. But you can steal a million dollars and be elected to Congress. Think about that. And speaking of public offices, a person can get get selected by telling how they will conduct themselves and how they will defend their constituents. I can't get the word out. But many, but many, as soon as they win office, they forget about who elected them and do their own individual things. Where's the justice? Where's the honesty? The gift called justice. We don't care what the world does. We care what God is concerned with. Okay? We are people that are fair and right. Okay. We have value. We promise not to cheat, to be fair in our business dealings, not to lie to one another, always be honest again. 
will not gossip, will not complain, will not argue or fight with one another. Oh boy, he's... I can see why he wanted these three gifts. This first one's pretty, pretty hard. As we are with God, so should we be with others. Are you honest with God? We need to be honest with others. Just, you know. What a marvelous gift to give to the Lord. Two. To love mercy. It's hard to find kindness today. So many people are unkind, and the results of unkindness is rejection. You know, they, got, they have a uh, television ad or a radio ad you hear. Uh, it's, it's kids in a playground. And all these kids are calling this other person names and everything. And that person, they say, that's getting the blunt of these things is rejected. And oftentimes these people grow up with that rejection. And it's not uh, because of uh, they have bad self-esteem. It's because people have labeled them and they begin to believe it. We can't do that. We have to be kind towards one. Just because somebody doesn't comb their hair the way you do is not, they're not wrong, you know. But that's how we are. Uh, we've all been, been in, the, in the scenario, I guess, maybe. How many remember being kids, I think we all have been at that point. But let's go back to grade school. And how uh, many remember you first seeing somebody with glasses on? And what was the, what was this uh, stymie there? Four eyes, four eyes. You know, I mean, they're automatically you know you're labeled. Well, you know. You might be, you know, a little different skin tone. And then they come up with all sorts of different, you know, labels for you. And it builds up rejection and animosity. We can't have that. Amen? Um, we can't do that. Just think about yourselves. Have you ever been treated unkindly? Okay. I recall way back when, since it's, you know, today's my birthday, I recall way, <laughs> way back then in, in school, okay, I flunked a class. And it was going to stop me from graduating from the ninth grade into high school. I had to go to summer school to make, make it up. Well, and uh, I couldn't graduate with my junior high class. 
to the next level. And you're like, oh, look at that. Fingers went pointing. You just, I just, just felt terrible. I got it. Man, I went hit that summer school. I hated going to summer school because usually in the summer I went to work someplace. And so I had to go to summer school. You know. And so the first thing the teacher says, okay, how many are here because you flunked out this class? Oh, boy. Okay. So, uh, you know. Tell your faults, you know. So you can, you can pray for me about my classes. I don't think anybody else has ever accomplished that feat, but uh, I hope you never do. And if you've got young ones, uh, believe that they'll do the right thing and follow through. Okay? Okay. Um, be, being treated unkindly. And in biblical times, we're just going to look at this in a moment. In biblical Biblical times, lepers were now, had to announce their coming. Unclean! Unclean! And everybody just scattered. I mean, nobody wanted to be around these people. Not even their own family members. Ah, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I don't. Unclean! But what did Jesus do? He met them. He touched them. He showed kindness and compassion towards them. And what do we do? We poke fun at people for not being, quote, at a level. Wow. When they came to Jesus, he didn't say, well, see you, see you next time around. He turned around and he met their need. We have to this is one of these things. What it, what, this is the thing. We both say, do justice. Second thing is love kindness or give kindness. Be compassionate to people. This is what the second gift that Jesus is asking us to do. He reached out and touched them. He treated them with kindness. And the result was their healing. You know, you can... Heal somebody in that area. If they're rejected, you, you can bring healing to that individual by operating in this gift that the Lord says we should operate in. Have some kindness to, towards somebody. Yeah. Wow. There's healing there. You can turn that person around. The more you're with them, well, teachers know about that. You get, sometimes you get some, uh, well, even I'll say even uh, uh, supervisors have that. You get people that come in and they're not just, you know, perfect, but you work with them to bring them up. You build them up. You don't say, well, you got a snotty nose, you know. <laughs> you help them out. This is what... The Lord is asking us to do. This is a gift that he's asking us to do. Do justly and now operate in kindness. Uh, let's now turn to the book of uh, Luke chapter 10. These are gifts that Jesus wants us to give him. 
I hope we are operating in this. And chapter 10 of, of uh, Luke, verse, starting with verse um, 30, Jesus says, A certain man went down to Jerusalem, to Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, and which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise, Levi, when he was at the place, came and looked upon him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed where he came, he was, pardon me, journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Whoa. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, Poured oil, uh, pouring oil and wine and, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an end and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more. When I come again, I will repay thee. Whoa. How many of us have acted as a priest... I hate to put this. And a Levi. Somebody is needing help and we just completely neglected them. We got to be good Samaritans. We got to have that compassion. That's, this is heavy. It's real heavy. Kindness is a part of the gift we need to present to Jesus. He says, I want to see your kindness. We should promise to be kinder to one another. And be patient with others. Oh. That, we, that we will reflect the spirit of Christmas. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to show the world that there is a difference in having Christ. He changed our lives and we can change others' lives. We can heal them. What a wonderful gift. Healing with your words. Amen. Healing with your hands. Healing, healing with your help. Okay. Third thing we need to do. It says to walk humbly with God. Today people are proud and arrogant. A lot of people wish to be the, in the in crowd. They, they are impressed with power, prestige, um, notoriety, uh, and material things. And they want to be viewed as the cream of the crop. Um, yet we are asked to walk humbly with God. Wow. 
walk with God, we need to have His desires in us. What He desires, we need to desire. To be willing and obedient to do as He requests without murmuring, uh-oh, complaining, grumbling. <coughs> See, it's not our job to judge somebody else's conduct. We need to focus on the Word, not on ourselves, how we feel. Amen. We focus on the Word, not what we feel. Humility is sacrificing ourselves for the needs of others. Humility is sacrificing ourselves to the needs of others. Turn with me now to the book of Mark, chapter 12. Looking at verse 30. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Wow. To love the Lord with all your heart. That means we need to focus on Him. Not what others are doing. If we focus on what others are doing, we can be led aside or astray by those issues. We lose our focus on God. We focus on them. Look at that person. We don't, we're not focusing on God any longer. We're focusing on the person. And it says we need to focus on God. And you'll see that person as God sees them. Uh-oh. So don't be led astray by side issues. They lead us away from God. Stay focused with all your heart. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul. He's, your, he's our spiritual advisor. Don't shut him out. Find out what he wants. Amen. And oftentimes what he wants is not what we want to do. Hello. Yeah. Love the Lord God with all your mind. Romans 12, 12 and 2. Transform your mind through the word of God. Be not conformed to this world. So love God with your mind. That means you need to get the word into you or into us, okay? Then love the Lord with all your strength. That means our entire being should be on the alert. Amen. Your body knows when it's doing something wrong. Your mind will tell you. Your spirit will rise up and tell you. So we need to 
with all our strength, be in unity. Amen. Glory to God. Again, love the Lord with all your strength. Our entire being should be alert, lending aid and strength where needed. Come to justice, come to love and mercy, and walk humbly with God. We'll improve our lives beyond measure. These are gifts that, we, that the Lord has asked us to give. So let us demonstrate what we celebrate. We celebrate Christmas. Let's demonstrate what we celebrate. And giving a gift to the Lord, those three things will enhance our life greatly. Amen. 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 Oh, glory to God. We'll get out of here early. <laughs> See? You go out there to the, to the sunshine... I'll sing in the sunshine. I'll be happy all day. Okay. Okay. We're going to have uh, our communion at this time. So if I can have those that help me come forward, please. Think about it. Think what God wants you to do. What gifts, what gifts are we lack? What, what of those three gifts are we lacking in? And how we can polish them up and become stronger in those areas. Okay, glory to God. Okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul writes, For I have received of the Lord that which was also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Glory to God. And he's coming soon. Amen. So if you have a little music there, Heather, thank you. That you have in your hands is representation of Jesus' body. Uh, the matzah bread. The stripes and the bruises and there's holes in it. The tears in his body. All are representative. Maybe of the afflictions that he took on. And the scripture says, by his stripes we're healed. And in Matthew 8 and 17, he violently ripped them away from us. In other words, he didn't want us to have them. So with that in thought, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to this bread and receive this bread. 
a token, Father God, for what Jesus incurred in his body, that we might be set free of the dominion of sickness and disease. In Jesus' name. As to the cup, it's a New Testament, a new covenant in his blood. The washing away of sin. Not covering it, but washing it away. To be cleansed. Allow us to be adopted into the family of God. As we partake, Jesus hasn't partake of this cup or this bread for some 2,000 years, but it, there's a banquet table all set for us to receive a celebration of truth. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. As we take this cup, we acknowledge that we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Let's all stand. I get to hold you 10 minutes later next week. <laughs> so, Father, we're praising you. We're just giving you thanks, Lord. As we celebrate, Father God, this coming week, the birth of, of your Son, like the angels sang, joy to the world. May this joy of being in the body of Christ, celebrating the birth of your Son. May it spring forth, Father God. May we share this joy with all those that we come in contact with. And Father God, may we institute those three things that you've called us to do. So Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. And everyone said, Amen.